Welcome to Maximize Your Influence, your resource for the top persuasion, influence, and negotiation techniques that will help you maximize your success in life and business. And now, here are your hosts, Kurt Mortensen and Steve Olson. Welcome to episode 52 of Maximize Your Influence. Steve Olson here. I have Kurt Mortensen with me. We are locked and loaded with more information, and we're going to finish part two of our interview with Maureen Simon about the female brain, and we learned some great things on the last episode. Some things that I think, Kurt, we've talked about on a relationship level. We've probably all heard some of that stuff when it comes to, hey, men want to solve problems, women want to talk, right? But when it comes to persuading, I I don't know, I'm I'm pretty stupid. I think most would, would agree with that. I didn't make the link that uh, you should use that when you persuade as well. How about you? Yeah, a lot of times we think more about personality styles and all the different colors, but there's a gender difference too. The brain is different. We talked about how the female brain is different than the male brain, and we know that, but we have to adapt and adjust. And it's good to know that even on that gender level, we need to adapt the way we influence. Yeah, yeah. I was joking with my wife. We were on vacation in San Diego last week and driving back on Saturday, she got a call from one of her friends who was going off something about her husband. She wasn't happy for whatever reason. And my wife kept telling her, well, you should do this. You should do that. And I was mumbling under my breath, stop acting like a guy. Stop solving problems. <laughs> she just wants to talk. <laughs> you just got to slow down and listen. But it's that knee-jerk reaction, especially for guys. We'll do this. We'll do that. Of course, that backfires. We're like, that was a great solution. What are you talking about? And we just have to be careful with our default settings as men, the way we persuade and influence and how we deal with our relationships. I think back earlier in one of the first few episodes that we did, we talked about that movie on YouTube that's been going around called It's Not About the Nail. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we posted a link. Be sure to go back, uh, check those first few episodes, everybody, because that's a pretty funny video. We linked to it in the blog. So (laughs) (laughs) that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, great. Let's get rolling. We, We wanted to talk not necessarily about an article today, but about a current event And uh, it's been all over the news lately, which is the unfortunate situation over in Israel and the Gaza Strip and all the fighting that's been going on over there. Kurt, why would we bring this up on a show about persuasion and influence? Well, I don't know how many years, thousands of years, I guess there's been conflict in that region. And there's it's just something that's in the news, something that's going to escalate. And we think, well, just sit down and negotiate. Just talk about it. Give each other a hug. And that's not going to work in a situation like this because when you talk about thousands of years of prejudice and what parents taught their children and what they think and how they were wronged and the emotions involved, you know, sitting down having a nice logical negotiation and splitting things down the middle just doesn't work out that way. In a lot of ways, it's like a divorce. We like to say, well, it's divorce. Okay, you take this to separate down the middle, but that emotion, the anger, the hate, all those emotions come in. You can have all the logic in the world, but it will backfire on you. Yeah, and we're clearly not trying to sound insensitive to a very polarized situation. A lot of times, though, it I think to people that aren't involved in it, it the solutions are very clear of, well, stop killing each other. <laughs> right. Be nice. Yeah. Have love. Just Yeah, don't like do this. Or, yeah. We'd like to think that would work, but deep down there's just no way that's gonna happen. We don't have the thousands of years of history and tradition and things that have been passed down that are just the inner core of these people and what they believe and what they their ancestors have 
been through. And, and so, yeah, it's crazy. It's, and the longer it goes without getting solved, the more likely it's never going to get solved because it just builds on itself and feeds on itself. It's that hate and the blame and being wrong, building up the anger. And there's someone that you have to go after. And, and we have blinders. We see what we want to see. And again, those emotions get involved. I, I talked about the divorce situation and I was talking to a student that was talking to his real estate. Like what you do is a real estate negotiation situation where there was a foreclosure and all they needed to do is get the husband and wife to sign this paper. And they were going to split like $25,000 a piece between the person and the husband and the wife, but the wife would not sign it because the husband would get money. Even though she was going to get the same amount, she would rather have the home go into foreclosure. And this could be go either way, male, female, but she was willing to go into foreclosure and lose the money because he didn't want him to get the money. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy what emotions will do. I had a situation similar yet opposite to that where they were getting divorced and they owned a house together and there was a lot of equity in this house and they just wanted to be rid of it. Neither one of them ever wanted to see the thing again and made them a ridiculously low offer and they took it because it was emotion. It wasn't the logic that was uh, controlling the situation. And when you get so much emotion wrapped up into it, if you go back into this Israeli Hamas thing, they a lot of times people might think that they're being logical, but the, this whole foundation is built on thousands of years of emotion and we're not coming out on either side of this thing. But it's just so clearly evident, and you can see the passion when they interview people on the news and how much emotion is is involved, and you really feel for that situation. It's so extremely difficult. And again, that blame leads to frustration, leads to anger, and you just want to take it out on somebody verbally, physically, what you're doing now. They're doing it physically, and that's going to be a tough solution. You know, a lot of Americans think, well, yeah, we'll do this and do that. And the poor people have to negotiate it. It's going to be a lot tougher than that because of all the years of experience, all the things their parents have told the children, how many times they've been wronged. We're able to be a divorce situation or what's happening over in Israel. We have to be careful when we, when we understand. We've talked about I don't know how many times that we're emotional creatures first. And everything filters through that. It doesn't matter how logical it is. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me and people might say, oh, you're being so trivial by comparing these two situations. But if you have Netflix, I think this is still on there. The History Channel released a series recently called The Hatfields and the McCoys. And it had some good actors in it, too, and a, a dramatization of that whole situation between those families in West Virginia and Kentucky. And that whole feud that went on for generations between these two families and wrapped up the towns and all kinds of people. And that all started over, I can't remember which family, but one guy thought the other, another guy in the other family uh, took one of his pigs. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that. what that it came a, from. It was a great show. It was. It all came back. And sometimes generations down the line, they can't remember what started it. But that anger and that frustration it just builds and builds and builds. Yep. yep. And that's part of that whole process we don't remember why we're angry we're just angry and we're gonna get even that's right that's right and because one guy did this and that you know now i gotta pay him back for this and it's got to get paid back for that and it's back and forth and back and forth so wow well kurt i understand you know you're trying to introduce maybe a, a new segment to the show we'll see how this goes not everything can be introduced as seamlessly as the geeky article moment that i forced <laughs> upon you um but we're talking about You've got apparently some kind of an evil ninja. Does that exist? It does exist. It's in fact, let's introduce a new sound. Uh, we clearly don't like what this evil ninja is up to, but they're apparently a ninja nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. 
Let's talk about this. We're going to call it Evil Ninja or Bad Ninja. What do we want to go with? Evil Ninja. Come on. The Evil Ninja. So it's an incredible ninja. They used influence that worked really well, but in an evil way. So we're going to combine the two. Is that an oxymoron, Evil Ninja? Maybe it is. I don't know. We'll have to no, talk No, no, there's good ninjas. Have you ever watched Ninja Turtles? And, All right, yeah, there's on. good ninjas and bad. This is the Evil Ninja. This is what happened to me. So I was busy. I was in a meeting. The phone rings. I didn't recognize who was calling, so I let it go to voicemail. And I come back later, and the first part of the message was really garbled. It was like you know, bad cell phone connection. And all I could hear was, oh, something happened to your account. We're really worried. You give us a call. There's some discrepancies with your account. All these things, and you could barely come out here and there. And then, of course, then it suddenly got clear. You need to give us a call, and here's the phone number. I'm like, whoa. And so I got just enough information to get worried something's uh -huh, up my yeah. account. And I was about to call. I'm like, wait a minute. Something's up here. Because we've talked about it on the podcast, the Zagarnik effect, where when something's unfinished, that we remember it more. We act on it more. And this is something that was unfinished. I wasn't quite sure what it was. It was on my mind. I started to Google the number, and there were quite a few complaints about this numbers. It was a collection agency. And I don't owe anybody anything, and wait a minute, they're calling me, and they just call cell phones at random, pretend that you owe money, you talk to them up, you call them up, and he, get this, they say, this is Investigator Jim Brewster. <laughs> <laughs> and so you're talking to an investigator about this account, something's going on, and they try to collect on some bogus account that's not even yours, a lot of complaint. I'm sure they'll be shut down soon, but the way they get callbacks was really interesting, using the Zagarnik effect, something unfinished. Not sure what it was. Uh-oh, somebody's after me. Someone's broken into my account. I'll say ninja on that, but then we also have the evil part where they're using it to get people to call. They're taking advantage of them. They're stealing money from them. So that's where we have a new part on the show called the evil ninja. So techniques that get results, but they're just evil. Yeah, mm. so we don't want you to use them in an evil way, but understand they're out there. People are using them. And with any technique... You can use it for great good, and of course, you could use it for evil. Yeah, yeah. So they basically, it's garbled. It's problem with your account. <laughs> exactly. uh, call back now at this number. Yeah. <laughs> We're really concerned. Call as soon as possible. I'm like whoa, and it almost got me. I'm like, wait a minute. Let me Google these numbers. Let's see what's going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Like and, wow. And a lot of people who may maybe they're not super educated or sophisticated. The fear is just going to overcome them, and they're going to get out their credit card number, and they're going to give those clowns money. And that happens on the sad note to a lot of senior citizens who don't have a lot of money. Yeah, that's not cool. Well, all right, Evil Ninja. Well, tell you what, before we get into the rest of the interview with Maureen, why don't you cue up Homer? All right, bring it on, home. Go, go, go! There he is. We have never cut airlines any slack on this show. They are a frequent guest of the Blunder segment. They like to pull the homer a lot. And it just seems to be getting worse <laughs> with the airlines. And there is a letter that surfaced online back on uh, late July. And it's blacked out. I'll put the link to the blog so that you can see it. Letter is from United Airlines written to somebody. That part is redacted as well as the customer care manager from United Airlines that wrote the letter, that part also redacted. But apparently this customer flew on United, didn't have a great experience, and decided he was going to tell United about it. And they wrote him a letter back. Would you like to hear the letter, Kurt? Bring it on. Okay. And everybody pay attention. See if you can kind of catch where uh, this falls short. 
Dear Mrs. Blank, thank you for letting us know about your recent experience with United Airlines. I apologize if our service did not meet your expectations and appreciate you taking time to share your concerns. So far, nothing wrong. Our goal is to provide consistently reliable product and exemplary level of customer service. Based on the events you describe, we did not meet this goal. Your comments regarding, parentheses, specific event will be used for coaching and training our employees. To encourage you to fly with us again and as a tangible means of acknowledging your disappointment, enclosed is, parentheses, specific item, <laughs> parentheses, customer name, I ask that you allow us another opportunity to serve you as we consider it our privilege to have you aboard. Sincerely, Customer Care Manager, United Airlines. <laughs> uh, so, wow. <laughs> Talk about sincerity. I just feel yeah. so listened to, don't you? Yeah, that's the type of thing that will make it worse. It's probably better not even to send a letter when that gets out there and they fill in the blanks. And that is a major blunder, and it's going to make it worse. And obviously someone should be fired. But I think a lot of us have done this. In fact, I think you were guilty of this once by forwarding an email that went to the wrong person. I don't know if you remember that or not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we won't say what happened. But I remember you said something about the person. It was kind of funny just to come to me, but it also went to them. But I think a lot of times we got to be careful with emailings and forwarding and blind copies and what's happening out there. A lot of times if you say something and it gets out there to the wrong person, it could uh, really hurt. And in this situation... Yeah, United's in big trouble for this. And, of course, it was probably the customer service agent, wrong button, sending it too soon, something happened. And it's always good to double, triple check that email you're about to send out and who it's going to. Yep, yep. And, you know, on those email blunders, which I was guilty of, I've since learned that if you're going to be embarrassed or it's going to cause you grief for somebody else to see that, then don't put it in writing. <laughs> Yeah, and we can thank the IRS now that they're finding those emails and all the mean things she said and how biased she was that all emails are being recorded. So it's just stay on the up and up what you say and what you do because that could come back to haunt you. Get out of town. I'm embarrassed to say this This is the first time hearing this. So the lost emails are being found? Oh, yeah. She was using the a lot of the profanity talking about the other party and some of the other things. So they're slowly finding these things off the hard drive, I guess. But she was clearly biased and going after him, and she used some really choice words to describe the people she was going after. Oh, that is priceless. You got to love the IRS, everybody. Yeah. So yeah. just now with this day and age, you just got to realize probably all your calls are being recorded and emails are being saved. So just do it on the up and up. Yeah, right. Or or you could just record it on a podcast like we do and make it extra easy for them. There you go. Record yeah. it and post it so everybody knows what you do, what you think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you get a letter from United Airlines, know that it was a lot of heartfelt consideration and, and pondering went into writing the letter. Yeah, especially fill in the blank. Their fill in the here. blank, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's good. I'll post a link to it on the blog so everybody can see it. And I'll put an asterisk here so that we don't hear from uh, legal counsel for United Airlines. Hey, maybe the letter's fake. Who knows? I don't know. But it's online and it's entertaining anyway. So there it's you have online. it. It must be true. What that's exactly do? right. We're <laughs> online and we're true or something, yeah, right? Something. That's right. I'll go with that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, good. Everybody, thanks for listening. Let's cut to part two of our interview with Marine. Here we go. Marine, we always have a blunder, and we have our, our famous, we have a little sound effects, Homer Simpson. So Homer Simpson's our blunder sound. So I'll, don't, don't, don't. 
out of these three, or even a different one, what is the biggest blunder mistake that men make when they're attempting to influence or persuade a woman? Giving them the solution and the answer or the direction that we're going to go in without including her in the decision-making process. Great point. I think big picture, and tell me if I'm right here, that as a male, even if I know the answer or the solution, the key here is to listen, to ask the questions, and help them persuade themselves, come up with the same solution that I already had. Is that correct? Well, you're probably going to want to honestly and authentically really hear what she has to say and really not have the decision made. And, you know, in business, that's hard because sometimes we're trying to get buy-in and engagement in our companies and in our work on a project or some sort of a merger, and we already know we want to go there. Uh, So I'd be as honest as I could in disclosing my agenda beforehand and then move into the steps of being really interested in engaging her thoughts and opinions. No, that's a great point because she could have a better idea, a better yeah. solution, right? Yeah. A lot of times we go in with that focus in mind, we'll do this, do this, do this, because that's quick time management versus to truly influence someone. It might take one minute to tell them what to do, but if you spend 10, 15 minutes with them, they're truly influenced, you are a team, you're working with your power together, then I think long term you have a better solution. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it's always that way. One of the things that I was thinking about also for this call was how do women successfully influence others? And you could take that to work or community, and and it goes right back where you are right now, is that she really does involve others in getting their opinion. And she looks for uh, common ground. I mean, we all laugh. If you go into a ladies' room, someone might say, oh, I love your shirt. You know, women are just very open to bridge and include. And they probably do love the shirt. But at the same point, not everybody would say that. It's just, it's a way of reaching out. So there's an inclusion in the way a woman would be successful in the way she communicates and influences in the workplace. And that's an important thing to know. Because if you know that she is inclusive, and yet you're coming at her with this new merger, and saying this is pretty much where we're going, what do you think? It's not necessarily going to be the best way to get her buy-in. Remember also, she's really focused on the whole. She wants to see what the benefit is for all. And don't be surprised if she's emotionally expressive. And that can also make the masculine side of us, not always, but sometimes uncomfortable. So she may have a need to be more emotionally expressive, either communicating from her heart or telling you what she thinks. And that's being encouraged more now in our more progressive companies. I'm working with a lot of progressive companies putting these concepts to use on the ground, and that's encouraged. Whereas before, I think you probably remember, Kurt, that was discouraged. Keep your emotions at the bedside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, emotions are, I guess, more politically correct now. And I think that's a great thing because when you bury emotions – that could have a lot of damage, not only the relationship and the ability to influence, but I, even in our health. Yeah, oh, yeah. And that's a great thing that's coming out. So, well, let's flip it around here a little bit. So, what do you think? What are the biggest mistakes a woman makes when they're trying to persuade a man? Um, what I keep working on for women who are working on, like, say, a board presentation, it's the first thing that always comes up, is how can we communicate this? Being expressive, being inclusive, looking at the whole needs, that's your brain's going to do anyway, and not going in too many circles to spin out on the guys. The, the linear thinking is something that, as you said earlier, has a beginning and an end, and it doesn't really want to go down the journey or the garden path for three days. So how can we get this point across and be concise, focused, and yet 
use our natural gifts, which is inclusion and all the other things we've been talking about, without losing those and using them as an asset. So that's that's a lot of what I do with women and have for many years is help them to uh, sculpt and to clarify their message so they're actually going out there and they can be heard. They can be the greatest women and the greatest organizers and the greatest leaders in the world and not be heard. So that you, you, it's just stay very close to the point. Um, Kurt, you're a great teacher of this. You've influenced me in it. The one, two, three. I mean, I get tired of one, two, three, and you know it, but it's, it's get, getting very clear, getting very focused. And that's probably the best way for a woman to speak is with a distinct point, remembering the linear side, but weaving in who you are. Oh, I think so, too. I mean, even though we need to adapt to the group, to the gender, to the culture, to the personality, congruence is huge. If you're trying to be who you are not or you're not congruent with your message or who you are, I think that'll backfire. In fact, you mentioned that in your book about congruence and influence and how important that is. Where do you see congruence in this whole process? Well, I was going to throw that one back at you because it's a, it's a word I hear you speak of more. I see it as continuity. What do you see? Because I know you use that word a lot. I do, and it mostly came from when I was doing research with the laws of charisma because people want to be charismatic because you're naturally influential in your charisma, and that was one thing that kept coming up. You have to be congruent to be charismatic, and to me, it's agreement and harmony between what you say and what you do. And, and that's critical. The more consistent and congruent you are in every aspect of your message, the more honest and genuine you're perceived to be. Because if you don't believe in your message, others won't believe it. When you practice what you preach, they're going to practice what you preach. And that's congruency. That's Congruence is what you do when no one's watching a lot that's of nice. times. It's that thing that basically you don't need to manipulate, hide, or camouflage your behavior or message. It's you. Now, there's no such thing as a politician, I don't think, that's congruent because they're more concerned about numbers and everything else. So let's put that to the side. But when you're a message, you're doing presenting, that's probably more important than anything. Being congruent with who you are, people can sense that they can feel it. And that's so important with every aspect of influence and gender and personality. You can adapt certain things. You can create your message, but you still have to be congruent with who you are and what you believe and what you represent. But that's basic integrity, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's big-time integrity. It's, you know, how do you treat someone you don't need something from them? Like I said, what do you do when no one's watching? So there's some integrity there. There's some character there that all increases with congruence. And with congruence, we could also say, do your words match your actions? Does your message match your life? Yeah, that's great. I mean, that's the most powerful stuff you can do. And, I, you know, I'm really having some fun reading and working with um, cultures and companies. And people are just starting to get that who we are in business is who we are when we leave the business, is who we are when we enter our home, is who we are when we're with our kids, is who we are when we're with our cat or dog. The lovely part about the stage of awakening or civilization we're in right now is that that's becoming more obvious. I remember when I first started working in businesses in London, really about, I'd say, maybe 18 years ago, I was hearing so many people say, I'm I'm leaving myself at my bedside and I'm going in to the office. And I'm like, yikes, we got some work to do here. But now it's not as elemental. People realize that that's a breakdown, but there's a lot of it going on. But at least there's an awareness that's that's not really that healthy for you or your company. I agree 100%. I believe that a lot of ways we're like a mutual fund as far as 
our life from our physical side to our intellectual to our spiritual to our social to our financial or emotional, if we neglect any one of those, it's like a stock that's pulling a mutual fund down. It's any weak area of our life is going to affect any strong area of your life. And so being congruent is mastering every aspect of our life that's important, from work to family to our relationships. It's all important. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Another question for you. You mentioned this in your book that women are naturally predisposed to build relationships. Mm-hmm. Can you expound on that a little bit? Is that are we as guys are we lost? We're just we don't have the social radars that women have, or just women are just naturally predisposed. Or is that empathy? Is that reading nonverbal yeah. behavior? Is that creating relationship? Is that all of the above? Well, I feel so strongly about that one that I started that out as chapter one in the book. And I'll be honest with you, when I researched to find out what information had been done on the feminine in the past, this was one of the the easiest to write on because there was a lot, there was a lot of information on that and on thought, tons, and language. They were the three easiest. So really, if you think about it, we've covered some of this already, but let's tie it together. If someone is predisposed to be a collaborator and they want to include you and they're looking at the whole interconnectedness of the world or of the community or of that particular team in an office and they're valuing the way that you're listened to and they're really wanting to hear you speak and they have good listening skills and they overlay that with care, compassion and empathy, that is the ultimate way to relate. Those are those five things, collaboration, inclusiveness, interconnectedness, valuing communication, and the last one, all together, care, compassion, and empathy, are natural feminine attributes that the female brain and her socialization supports. So there you go. That's that's like the ultimate relationship. I agree with that. I mean, women, especially with relationships and reading nonverbal behavior. In fact, I joke about this in seminars, and I asked ladies, I said, ladies, have you ever been on a date with a guy and you didn't like him after five or ten minutes? You showed him all the signs you wanted to go home, you didn't like him, and they still try to go in for a kiss? Yeah, you'll get everyone kind of <laughs> Oh, yeah, you'll get all the hands, and the guys just don't see it. But the women, just so they're just programmed that way for the relationships, reading nonverbals, uh, reading emotions and facial expressions. I think that's so powerful and a great tool they can use to be very influential. And they studied it with babies. I mean, there's some really famous studies about um, little girls um, and how much they can actually see and interpret the emotions and form of a face. And You know, that's a real common study. So, I mean, from, from the, the crib, they've been able to do pretty consistent testing to see that the female brain picks up on cues that are nonverbal and can use those in building relationships. It's a pretty well-documented one, actually. That's interesting. That's great. What is the one takeaway you want our listeners to have or the one thing maybe that we haven't talked about that you feel is really important that we need to know before we sign off? I want women to know that you are now making 85% of the decisions in the purchasing of household, and I'll use the U.S. I know we're going all over the world, but I'll just use the U.S. because I've got that number, and that you need to realize the power and influence that you hold, even if we're going to look at it from an economic point of view, just for a model, you hold so much power, and if you could begin to claim it 
And to use the word influence in a way to build collaboration, use influence to create something that betters the whole, and step out of any smallness that you have, and just claim your gifts, look at the book, read the attributes, get to know them, talk to friends, learn your gifts, and put them out there in the world, because the world needs you. If you're not at the table where decisions are being made, like I started in the beginning talking about, you are not only not showing up for yourself, you're not showing up for all of the world. Because we can't have a world where there's just one side at the table. We wouldn't have the 33 violent world wars that we have now. We wouldn't have things that are creating uh, power brokering as much because it's just not part of the female brain. So get out there. That's my message. Get out there, show up, and influence in a way that benefits the whole. Oh, well said, well said. We really appreciate you being here today with this cutting-edge information. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Everyone, the book is Awakening the Essential Feminine, Claiming Your Influential Power. We'll have a link on the website with the podcast. Marie, do you want to send them to your website? Anything else you want yeah, to do sure. if you want to find out more about you? Yeah, we do masterminds. We uh, have something coming up in the next month where we're bringing business women together to do business restarts. And the restart will actually get them really focused on what they need to do now to make their next steps for their business real clear and create a little pathway to follow. They can come on feminine F-E-M. I-N-I-N-E.com, and they can get on a course. Uh, they can work privately with me. They can be a part of our community. Our Facebook community is growing uh, and growing every day. So just come and join us. Check out what we're doing. Well said. Great information. A pleasure, as always, to talk to you. Okay, there we have it. We're going to try to get you a lot more guests in the future as well, everybody. Thanks for listening to the interview with Maureen. Kurt, what did you think? It was great. I want to thank Maureen for helping us out, being on the interview, her specialty with the female brain and the differences. And it's just cutting edge information to really help us understand not only congruence and the blunders we make, but that we're different. That's okay. No right or wrong with it, but we're different the way we think, the way our brains formed, how we act. And the more we can read someone, whether it be gender or personality or culture and adapt our persuasion techniques, wow, we're powerful influencers we have more charismatic and you can get what you want when you want and win friends for life sounds great everybody thanks for listening we'll catch you next week on another episode of maximize your influence see you next week 